You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Taken captive by the devil is the title of this devotion. And that's a statement that you find in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 through verse 26. Okay, let me read it with you. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. You know, I, chapter 20 of the book of Acts, now come back to Timothy in a minute here, is a chapter I love deeply. And, and here Paul is in a city called Miletus about, Miletus, about 30 miles away from Ephesus, and the elders of the church in Ephesus have come over, and Paul is talking with them while he's on his last journey to Rome. And while he's actually was on his way to Jerusalem, that eventually led to him going to Rome. And he says to them, I came to Asia, verse 18, in what, and uh, he says, when they uh, come to him, he says, you know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept nothing, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. The Apostle Paul, while he was without question a strong man when it comes to the power of the kingdom of heaven, he was a very gentle, broken, precious soul when it came to the man in the flesh. Why? Because he knew in my flesh I could do nothing. So he had in his own heart a real weeping for the Lord to enable him. He says, for example, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 4, I would never dare think anything comes from myself, from my abilities, what God works through me. He says, in other places, I'm the least of all the saints and so forth. So he had a real brokenness about him, a real submission to Christ, a real surrender by the indwelling life of the Son of God in him. He had a submission to God, and in that he would plead with souls. He would weep with tears over souls. And, and what he says here in 2 Timothy chapter 2 has helped me so often to be able to withstand the devil who wants, wants to get angry with people's failings and wants to get offended. And he wants to bring people to an account in a way that brings condemnation and, and judgment. But the Apostle Paul says, a servant of the Lord must, be, must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, to all, even those who are in opposition. 
able to teach them. And in humility, that means a real forbearing goodness, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil by whom they've been taken captive. And I think one of the most inspiring examples of something like this, and, and I find it pretty wonderful that it's in the Bible because it's so helped me to see how our Savior deals with us. You know, I like to follow his example, don't you? And, and here in Luke chapter 22, just as Jesus has left the upper room and is on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane in the very night in which he was betrayed by nine o'clock the next morning, he was crucified. By three that afternoon, noon the next day he, was, he, he, he died. So here he's on his way to Gethsemane and he says, Peter, or he called him by his, by his earthly name, Simon, Simon. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. That's verse 31 of chapter two, 22 of Luke. So what's Jesus saying? I feel the devil pushing in on me to want to separate you from me by trying to prove that you are worthless in your faith that you can't be relied on, that you can't be dependent on, that if it comes down to it, you will deny you know me. See, the devil is crooked and he's evil and he's cruel and mean. And he will push people to make mistakes to convince you, cut them off, forget them, they're worthless, they're nothing. Just dump them, let them go. That is the devil. That's the devil throughout history. God says, Job, my servant is blameless. Satan says, I'll prove he's not. It's, it's the devil. He's always full of malice and evil and hatred and murderous. And he's the father of evil, Jesus says. And Jesus is the opposite. Because Jesus says, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I prayed for you that your faith, your faith will not fail. What do you mean your faith when Jesus is the author of faith? It says in, in, in Hebrews 12 verse 2, no, your faith will not fail. And what Jesus is saying, Peter, I know you're not worthless. You're not like chaff. Chaff is the little shell around the grain that is beaten out and then a shovel throws it up in the air, so to speak, a spade, and, and uh, the wind blows away the chaff and all that falls back down is the true grain. And, and what Jesus is saying, Satan, I can feel him pushing in on me by hitting you in your human weak nature to try to separate us, to, to, to prove that you're worthless. But no, I know the faith you have is the true grain of God. I've seen it. Matthew 16, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed are you, son of Barjona, for no human being has revealed this to you, but my father and upon this foundation of faith, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. 
Oh, the reason the devil cannot prevail against you, no matter how hard he pushes you, is because the faith you have is the faith of God. And by this we overcome the world. And by this we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, even our faith. And Jesus said, Peter, I know the faith you have came from God, that I am the Christ, so I am, I'm on your side. I believe in you, Peter. I'm praying for you. Oh, how I love this about my Savior, that he's the one who gives faith. He's the one who maintains it in us and brings it to its conclusion and fulfillment. And here we know what happened. While Jesus' beard was being plucked out and while he was being spit upon and while he was being thumped in the face, Peter said, I don't even know him. See how cruel the devil is that he uses the one Jesus loves dearly to try to wound him, to try to harm him. Peter standing there saying, I don't even know him, had more effect on Jesus than the blows he received or the beard that was plucked from his face or the spit upon his face. It had more effect because when the cock crowed, Jesus turned and looked at Peter and listened to this. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter, verse 61 of Luke 22. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And here we see that faith. Oh, how I love that faith. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Oh, how I long for that faith in the heart of those who I see stumble and fall. But my goodness, sometimes we take a long time to finally get to our senses and the rooster has been growing and growing and growing and you still were angry and you still persist in your way. Oh my goodness, James in chapter four, verse five says, he says, uh, or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, those that won't bow their hearts, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, O you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded lament and mourn and weep like Peter, and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sights of the Lord and he will lift you up. He will lift you up. Oh, the Lord lifted Peter up and he became the great fisherman, fisher of souls. Right, just a month, a little bit over a month later, 51 days later, Peter stood there preaching and 3,000 hardened sinners bowed their hearts and came to the Lord because the same grace by which he stood there was the same grace flowing through them to those precious souls. Oh, it is so good, dear friends, when the Lord in his mercy grants you to escape the snare of the devil. He takes people captive to try to get them to tear up their homes, their marriages, to tear up churches, to tear up other people's lives. The devil is looking whom he may devour. 
The Apostle Peter, he came to learn that this was no small thing and that we ought not to be idle or indifferent about this. He said towards the end of his life when he wrote his first letter, he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Stand up against those feelings and thoughts, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same suffering of the devil's harassment are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, he himself, after you have suffered a while, will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Peter learned not to boast in himself, but to boast in the Lord, in his mercy and grace that never fails to be sufficient no matter how much you get pushed. In Psalm 118, verse 13, I read something many years ago and the Holy Spirit laid it in my heart. It's David says there in his famous Messianic Psalm, he says, the enemy pushed me violently so that I might fall, but the Lord upheld me. And the stone which the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. And this was the Lord's doing and is marvelous in our eyes. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, for this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Send now, prosperity, Lord, send now. Oh, that psalm is so beautiful, Psalm 118. I want to encourage you to take the word and let it break through all the trip tricks of the enemy because we're not unaware of his mind-orientated strategy, how he seeks to get a grip on us by twisting our thoughts. But we are able to withstand him through the word of God, just like Jesus, and say, no, it is written, and I believe. What God has joined together, let not men separate. What God has begun, he will complete. What he has started, he will perfect. What he has said, he will do. What he has spoken, he will bring to pass. Let's stand on the word and withstand the wiles of the devil and see him never get a hold on us and a grip on us. And if he has gotten a grip on us like he did on Peter, let's follow Peter's example. Weep bitterly and bitterly weep at the altar of mercy and lament and mourn, as James says in chapter 4, and find the Lord lifting us out of that grip of the enemy. And I guarantee that no grip of the enemy is too strong for the Lord, that he can utterly deliver you. Have a good day.